Got something you're grinding on? You're listening to The Grind. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Troy Provo Heron. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, Wayne. How are you? Doing well. Uh, again, a little special guest with Troy coming in. He was actually going to schedule to call in, uh, but a little weather, a uh, little hurricane yeah. action uh, got you in studio. So bad for bad for the reason that you're you're in town, but good for today. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I'd love to be in Murfreesboro right now, but I'm not. And uh, I feel like this is a good second. This though. is a great second <laughs> option. I'm really happy to be here, Wayne. But uh, but Troy, you know, we've we've kind of always intermingled at mm-hmm. Maryville Games yeah. or, or out in the the community sports wise, uh, but never had you in studio. So again, thanks for coming in. The new digs, uh, new grind time as as we do it from five to six p.m. Now used to do it at six to seven. Was going to be a little harder to get you in at that yeah, hour, yeah. I would think. Well, congratulations on the new time, first of all. I'm pretty excited about it. I think, you know, uh, being awake is a, is a good way to get listeners. Yeah, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't have done it at 6 a.m., but I'm not going to say I would have done it either. He's going to he's going <laughs> to nod. He's he's going to shake that one. So, uh but again, uh again, thanks for coming in. If you're uh if you're if you didn't know, we're on Facebook Live right now. Mm-hmm. Again, getting Troy on here. He dressed for for the occasion. Got I, the got the grays on. But yeah, I just put on the a hoodie smoky today. Gray. I'm just trying to keep it warm in the, in this Are weather. Are you cold? Are you cold in this weather? Um, you know, it, it it's either heat or miss for me cuz uh, like it's either like well, I'm from Miami originally. So mm-hmm. for me it's like there are some days where like it's a little cold and like I don't enjoy it. But then there are other days where like, well, it's not 98 and I enjoy kind of the fall weather. The winter right. gets to me sometimes, but fall, it doesn't bother me. Too so much. I just, I just left the daily grinds. The only reason I have pants, I'm like a March to November shorts guy. Yeah. I'm about the same. Like, you know, Jeff Weaver, mm-hmm. that's me. Uh, Jeff. Jeff never puts pants on though. I don't necessarily get as hot and like he sweats in November. Yeah. I, I'm usually not sweating in November, but Jeff's uh, Jeff's all about it. Yeah, I, wide I wore, open. I wore a t-shirt all day today, but then once the rain started coming down, I put this on just so that my t-shirt wasn't soaking wet. He's just he's just covering now. He's just yeah, he's just covering it. But uh, <laughs> but what's been going on again? Troy is the uh, the sports editor yes. uh, for the Daily Times, the Maryville Daily Times, and and what's going on with the Daily Times? I know you guys have been volleyballing. You yeah. guys have been soccering. And then uh, again, football's been. It's it, we're already to the final week of the regular it's crazy. season. It's absolutely crazy. It's almost over. Yeah, I mean, the past few weeks have been very hectic. I think whenever you get to this October month and you get soccer postseason, volleyball postseason, football still going on, I think, you know, me as sports editor and, and Jonathan Toy and Taylor Bortham as my two sports writers, uh, we kind of kick it into the highest gear possible. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, around right now, October 28th, these, this last week, I'm exhausted every day. I don't, don't have much left in the tank, but we're going to get through it. Well, and, and you know, I think uh, other other counties, and again, I, we're biased here, again, uh, as, as Blunt County Sports Station, there's a lot to be had. I mean, you, you talk about the big four, mm-hmm. you know, Maryville, Alcoa, William Blunt Heritage, but you also, you know, there's a little bit of greenback flavor that mm-hmm. you, you definitely need to because a lot of that community frequents Maryville, Alcoa. Uh, you, you talk about all the other Maryville Christian school. You mm-hmm. talk about what's what's that newest school? 
Uh, Clayton Bradley. Clayton Bradley. I, I'm like that two name. But, you know, that's a new venture mm-hmm. for sports. There's there's all the middle school football. There's the, you know, everything that is this county. And then you guys also cover pro, college, that, that level. So Maryville College. I, I always say this. This is, to me, the best small newspaper in the country. Uh, it, to me, you just get so much awesome things to do, and this community is so supportive of its sports. Mm. And you know, you get to cover the two best, you know, high school football programs in the entire state in Alcoa and Maryville. Historically, uh, yeah. Yes, two very two programs that are well beloved in their own communities: William Blunt and Heritage, Greenback, the same way. Um, Maryville College also, you know, rich in tradition. A lot of people care about it. And then you also get the added benefit of being able to cover an SEC program. I don't know what else you could ask for in a job. I, d- I definitely wake up every morning thankful that I get to do what I get to do right here in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. Me too. Yeah. Uh, what I get to do from 5 to 6. The rest of it's a, a filler. <laughs> That's what I call it, the filler. But uh, but what about the these programs? You know, you, you talk about it. And, and this season, although COVID has, like, wrecked the whole mm-hmm. dynamic – uh, Maryville is is in their same form, yep. you know, nine and zero headed into week ten with an opportunity uh, to have another undefeated regular season. Alcoa, the only blemish is that loss to Maryville, but again, in three A, I think they've probably still only given up like fourteen points or yep. something. Uh, they've got a big matchup this Thursday night with Dobbins Bennett. Uh, Heritage gets to see Maryville this this Friday night. William Blunt has an opportunity. I think they they play the North City. They play the North City, so they've got an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but all have been successful. Heritage has two wins on the season. The previous and, and should two have four. Years. Yeah, yeah, should they took four. Cleveland to overtime. And I really like if again on Friday nights it's it's kind of retrospective mm-hmm. when I, I look at the coach T scores, try to give them during the broadcast. But all of that is like I wonder how they got to this score. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that night just because we had already seen Cleveland, we knew what Tito Boyd was bringing to the table, and I was like. This is going to be rough because he's a really good back. They've got a huge offensive line. And then Heritage, like, literally rolled with them. Mm-hmm. Like, they kept battling and battling and put it to overtime. And I'm like, just get it first. Yeah. Just get the ball first. Then just couldn't couldn't convert there, uh, but really enjoyed what they were able to do there. And then other close games, they probably – I don't know that there's a game that, that I can look at. Too. I'm sure there are. L- late in the second half, it kind of got blown out. Bradley Central is the only one I can think of. But there's but – there's, Every game you're sitting here going, this could happen. I mean, yeah. at halftime you're you're sitting there loving what you're seeing from the Mountaineers, and and that's good for you know we talk about the Marvels and Alcoas, and I think I think parentally, like you know last week we did pick segment with Coach Tony Iruli, mm-hmm. and I said, listen, you might as well write in Alco and Marvel yeah. for me because I don't have a reason not to pick them. Of course, and uh, and and so I think Heritage, you know, the way they're battling. Now, again, this weekend's a tough draw. I mean, that's that's an asterisk on a lot of people's schedule, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're going to battle. They're going to bring a, a level of toughness. Coach Hammond Tree has really culturally, I think, turned the corner with this team, mm-hmm. rebuilt a lot. Uh, right. I, I saw the roster. You know, I got got from Coach Reeves, from Coach Bennett, mm-hmm. got the roster there Tuesday, and I'm like. From last year to this year, there's just a lot more kids out. About 20 more kids this year than last year. So I think they went from 50-something to 70-something. And, I mean, mean, they had William Blunt dead to rights in the battle of the ball. Oh. And in that Cleveland game, they – changed like two plays and they beat William Blunt. And in that Cleveland game, they made a game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. And they had a false start, call it back, and that's why they went to overtime. So they actually did win the game. You know that there's two games that have kind of ended that way that I know of in college or in yeah. high school football. Pigeon Forge lost that way this wow. past week, seven to six. That's tough. 
Yeah. But I, 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 I look at this Heritage team, and I think they're pretty good at stopping the run, which is why I think they fared so well against Cleveland, and they're really good at running the ball. Um, and I think if you take that first trait, obviously the key to stopping Maribel's offense, and I'm not going to sit here and say Heritage is going to stop mm. Maribel's offense, but the key to slowing it down a little bit is slowing down Parker McGill. Oh, yeah. And so I think they have that going for them. I, I, I think obviously Maribel wins still Friday, as mm -hmm. you said. I think that's just a tough draw for them. But I think Heritage makes it a little bit more interesting than they have in years. But I don't think it's over by the second drive of the game. Right, absolutely. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in years past, Maryville has been, you know, just a machine. This is a young Maryville team. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talk every week about just the, the new faces for the Red Rebels. And, uh, you know, you talk about Thomas Fry, you talk about Travis Reeder so, and those guys. That That's really – this is their first year starting, mm -hmm. and they've just locked some things down. Uh, last week their offensive line was, was absent based mm -hmm. on some protocol. Yep. And uh, – they didn't really miss a beat. No. I mean, guys just step up, next man up mentality came to fruition last week and, and against a really good McMinn County team, or what the record showed was an undefeated uh, McMinn County team. They they held their own. Uh, again, a, a team that was, I think, allowing eight points coming into the mm -hmm. night uh, gave up 21. And, and I give a lot of credit to those players for showing up despite, you know, kind of all the adversity they faced last week. But you have to give a ton of credit to that coaching staff. I mean, you know, rain, sleet, snow – COVID, non-COVID, they always seem to formulate a game plan that works. And mm. I think it, you know, I've been covering Maryville now for on and off again for about eight years now. Mm -hmm. And their success as a coaching staff almost never ceases to amaze me. It's incredible what they're able to do on a game plan, you know, week in, week out. So I know, I know your Friday nights are kind of busy. Yeah. But if you ever of. get a chance, I, I, you need to... You talk about that coaching staff, and that's been something that here at our sister station, WGAP, we've really wanted uh, to, to kind of, you know, I guess open eyes a little bit. I yeah. think we see the product that they put out there mm -hmm. Friday nights, but what we've done on the Coach Derek Hunt show each and every week is we, we actually spotlight one of those coaches. And mm -hmm. when you when you talk about the, the years of service that's on that coaching staff, a lot, uh, a lot of the coaches that were there when Coach Hunt was a player there is kind of interesting. Uh, the former head coaches that are on that staff, uh, it's just a dynamic that you wouldn't see. But uh, every week we spotlight that. So maybe uh, if you ever get snowed in, just call me. I'll send you. I'll send you a jump drive with. There those we go. On there. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, a great staff nonetheless. But talk about just right, right across town, Alcoa. Another great season that they've had. Uh, a senior laden, a heavy, mm -hmm. heavy aged Alcoa team has uh, has continued that reign a little bit. Yeah. And like I say, I don't know that there's a team in. 4A that can handle them, and there's definitely not a team in 3A. So uh, I, I think that Eliz Elizabeth and Alcoa game would, would be, be a pretty good. good game. But beyond that, um, I don't I don't know of another 4A team that could battle. But Alcoa is the class of 3A, mm -hmm. and they they honestly this Thursday night may be um, the most competition they'll see the rest of the way. I think 3A uh, until Cookville, uh, I think it's going to be all Alcoa. I would even say that this is more competition they'll face in Cookville. I mean, I, I, I look at this. I was kind of giving, like, Pearl yeah. Cone some credit or something. They didn't score last year against Alco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give them credit. Right. All these, all those guys that they played on defense a year ago are a year older. I don't see how right. Pearl Cone has any more success. Uh, but I think this Dobbins-Bennett team, and it'll be interesting to see which Dobbins-Bennett shows up today because obviously they lost to uh, Science Hill last week. And so I don't know if they come in pissed off that they lost to their biggest right. rival or – they come in dejected and like, man, I can't believe we lost to them for a second consecutive year. Right. Because Science Hill is not having a good year. Right. And so that one has to hurt a little bit. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm leaning toward the first. I, yeah. I think it's going to kind of 
dig them up a little bit mm-hmm. because they need some success. Because here in a few weeks, you know, and I don't like counting chickens, and if Coach Hunt hears me, he's probably going to get on to me. But <laughs> we're probably going to see Dobbins Bennett down the down the pipe, and I yeah. want to see their resiliency. Because if they lay down against Alcoa, mm-hmm. wait on it, wait on it. Don't don't put the put the flashy yellow because mm-hmm. you don't want Maribel to try to stop. Yeah, I, I would bet a lot of money that that's the quarterfinal matchup is Maribel Dobbins Bennett. Good thing is I think. Is it down here this time? It would be down here this time. Yeah, because that's a long way up there. But there is a Pals next to Dobbins Bennett. I did enjoy that last year. I did so, enjoy that. So funny story, uh, Jude. Yeah. Jude Elson never had Pals. And uh, he rides the school bus <laughs> up there with him, or else we would have remedied that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I would have made sure that I apologized for any kind of bowel nutrition that Pals. Because it's, it's not necessarily good for you. No. It's just it's really good. But it's really good. Yeah. So, But we didn't get to close that uh, close that loop. But if uh, if we – I don't know. However, we've got to make it happen. we got to get that side of Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only in Greenville-Morristown area, I guess, that has Pals. So – yeah, we got to close that loop. It's pretty amazing. But I called the entire game last year from Dobbins Minute with binoculars because that second decker is just it's so tall. Far. It's, it's a beautiful stadium, though. Yeah. But I it think was rainy though. <laughs> with with these new you know classifications and regions, they might be going there every year now. So we'll see. Jude could change that next year. And Jude's a senior. Well, we can keep him around. I was gonna say we'll just bring him back. No, bring him, bring back. him back. Just don't have any Friday classes. We'll make no. it work. We can do that. But uh but anyway, so Alcoa is just rolling right through. They've got they've got Dobbins Bennett this week. I don't think it's gonna be a big test, just shocker there. Yeah. But I think they're gonna be just right on their way to what is it five in a row or six in a row? Would this be six in a row? Uh this would be six in a row, state six championships. In, wow. So, so one you, off the record that they set in I guess the So you get 2010s. to the other hand. So the only question they've got is do they start with the thumb or the pinky on the next set of rings? Yeah. I, Which I now know. Rankins has I mean, I'm sure he's, he's got, got a couple he's hands. got on his toes. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. That's that's something I can't unthink about. And, and I will say this, because they're going to stay in 3A, and I, I've kind of thought about Are it. Are they going to stay in 3A? Yes, they're not going to no, go up. It sounds like it's gonna, they're going to stay in 3A. Should I would like up? them to take the opportunity to go up to 4A. I think they'd still win in 4A. Uh-huh. But even if they do that, let, let's say they do stay in 3A, this team's not going to lose. for. They're going to make it 10 in a row. I think they do get to double digits. I really do. It's like the John Wooden situation. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. But William Blunt, they they have uh, they they play Lenore City mm-hmm. this week. That honestly, you got to pick you got to pick the governors pick there. The governors there. Um, they've had a pretty good season. They've 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 toughed some things out. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the Battle of the Bell kind of <laughs> back and forth is probably an understatement yeah. for that game. But they've also had some really good showings against some teams. But they've had some games to where. Let's just be honest. They they may not have shown up. Yeah, and I think I think the governors would tell you that they've had a disappointing season. I, right. I think they really thought that they. Uh, I talked to them before the year, and they said I th- we think we can win six games. We think we should be going to the playoffs for a second consecutive year, and we really do think we could win a first round game. And for them to be accomplish none of that, obviously they playoff hopes dashed last week. I think mm-hmm. they are a little bit disappointed, but I still look at it as look at what they were four years ago when they were a you know, one in nine team and yeah. only ten team. How far that program's come to even be able to have that level of expectation, I think tells you kind of the culture that Philip Shadowans has built there and what the future could hold for the governors going forward. Yeah, I think I think all the, the all precincts reporting, no uh, no election related comment yeah. there, but all precincts reported here in Blunt County, there's growth. Yeah. And and I think, you know, uh, I would I would venture to say William Blunt has had what they would call a disappointing season, but I would say just in my experience, just the last two years being in Region Two Six A, I think the region's a little better this year. Yeah, I don't is. know if it's better or more balanced because again, Maryville's a younger team. 
I thought McMinn was an elevated team. I thought Bradley was a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Cleveland was a better team. Uh, I thought everybody kind of took a step up. Yeah. And, and for William Blunt to still kind of hang in that in that regard, Heritage taking a step forward, uh, I think that's strong for Blunt County. But athletes, uh, you don't have to go far if you want to find an athlete here in Blunt County. No. Uh, new sports kind of coming around the bend, I hope. Basketball's about to tip up, yeah. and that's uh, that's fun times here in in, uh, in the Maryville, Alcoa, Heritage, William Blunt area. Yeah, and I know uh, I'm really excited for Maryville to, to kind of tip it off this year. I know that they kind of got the short end of the stick, not that's, being able to play the state tournament last year. I hate to bring up a bad memory and all was, that stuff, but really I felt so bad for those kids to not be able to, you know, to play so hard to get there for, mm-hmm. I mean, what was it, the first time in 12 years or something like that? It was a long like time, that. yeah. And, and to not be able to play – I hate it for Joe Anderson, who has graduated and is now at Furman and, and stuff like that. So I'm really excited. I'm excited for everybody to be able to play basketball this winter, but I'm more so excited to see what the Rebels do this year oh, yeah. because I feel like they have some unfinished business, obviously. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate that the the business has to be dealt with without Ashton Maples, mm-hmm. without Joe Anderson, without uh, A.J. Davis. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot. Like the Brown kid, mm-hmm. love, love the way he plays basketball. I think they've got a lot of uh, – a lot of great shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Siler. Siler. I yeah. was like Seeger, Siler. but Siler. He he was he was one that just had daggers mm-hmm. uh, late in that that playoff run. So I'm excited about it too. Uh, hope to call some more games. I literally had just received the uh, credential approval. Yeah. And then like the next day they can that thing. So tough out. But uh, glad Troy brought it up. Thanks for <laughs> that, man. But hey, as we uh, as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition, let's take a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to kick it to college football. We're going to talk about Florida continues to have positive tests. Mm-hmm. Again, glad you're up here, not in that state. Yeah. But uh, And then also – Kind of your take on the Vols. Anytime I bring somebody in, you know, I have orange glasses that I wear from time to time. I need some truth. I need some opinion. And uh, I hope you bring it back on <laughs> well, the flip side it. of the break. But, uh, hey, you're listening to The Grind Wednesday edition right here, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. 
one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Bob Ramsey, and I am running for re-election to represent District 20 in the Tennessee State Legislature. It has been an honor to represent the interest of Blount County in Nashville. The history and development of our community are at the forefront of the decision I am asked to make in the legislature. Throughout my years of service, your calls, emails, and letters have played a large part in the decisions I have made. With your dedicated civil engagement and insight, I have continued to introduce support and pass legislation you have asked for resulting in growth and progress. There is still much to be done, especially in these unprecedented times before us. Proven leadership and know-how is imperative as we address the difficult issues that lay ahead. When I say your choice for your voice, that means I will continue to fight for your choices. I have yet to waver in my commitment to speak for all of Blount County the best way I know how. I thank you and appreciate your support as we continue to move Blount County forward. I'm Bob Ramsey and I approve this message. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online the grind on that's the grind on not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865 865- 389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. 
You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKDL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Troy Provo Heron as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Troy, we uh, we talked prep side of things, and again, that's where the heartbeat is, right? Yeah. Uh, but we got to go to college. We got to talk a little bit about the college ranks of things, and uh, and, and really, I'm going to get to the Big Orange in a minute because again, I'm afraid that's where the the you know the squirrel tri- you know the squirrel holes and everything. We're going to get off beaten path on Tennessee, but. What what's your I guess your take on I guess since college football started the SEC hit the the trail and I feel mm-hmm. like the standard right and, and then the Big Ten steps in this weekend and a couple teams look really good and a couple teams look really bad real bad and so what do you think about that and then maybe the biggest topic outside of the Vols is Florida done like are we even going to see them in December oh, that's a tough question you know I yeah I think they're going to play. You know, at some point along the line, I think they're going to get Tennessee and then going to get to play that season finale with who on the field? Who knows? But, yeah, I think they're going to get it eventually. I mean, if every player gets it in the next two weeks, they're back in time for Tennessee. <laughs> so so you you make that joke, but I swear when Clemson had like 30 mm-hmm. out of the gate, I'm like, they're doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. They're getting it out of the way. Herd immunity, <laughs> nobody like, can get it. Check. Yeah. Check. You ever you ever watch Gone in sixty seconds? Yes. They had all those names on a board, and they were just marking it's one of them my off. Favorite movies. He's done. He's done. You know they played it at the drive-in like a couple really? weeks ago. Yeah. I'm mad I missed that. I missed it too. Yeah. I drove by. You know, you ever do that? You drive by and you're like, oh, because <laughs> it's too late because you can't go back <laughs> and can't see go it back now. now. No. But uh, but anyway, they've got six more positive tests mm-hmm. the first day back. They literally just cranked practice back up. I think was it yesterday, Monday. Mm-hmm. And now they've got six new tests. I'm like, what have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing the last 14 days? And I said this when, you know, all the things about college football were, you know, we're going to start up again type of thing. And I didn't mean it to sound like I was rooting against college football or anything. I'm a sports fan. I want to see college football on a Saturday. You remember this? <laughs> Did you remember when I was catching all this heat on Twitter? Yeah, I was like, wow. I don't know what was more impressive, the fact that you uh, you kept your cool or that you actually didn't turn your Twitter off. Yeah. I was no, pretty no. impressed I, by both, honestly. I, I'm really good at arguing. And I, and I like to argue, so I'm not never going to turn it off. But for me, it was like, I just, I know what it was like. I went to Tennessee, and so I I know what it's like to be a college kid. And it's really hard to tell college kids, hey, stay in your room and don't do anything. It's college. Like, that's not what I signed up for when I came here. Right. I came here to have a really good time. And obviously, the education is an important part of that. But, like, if, if, if college was just 100% education, nobody would do it. Like, it, it, right. there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's in a life experience that I, don't, I think is unparalleled by anything else. And so you learn so much just about yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of experiencing different cultures and whatnot. And to do that... You're constantly outside. You're constantly doing things with other people, right. and that's just what a college kid does. And so, when you when you come out and you say, "Oh, we're going to lock them in the dorms," no college kid's going to be locked in a dorm. Right. You're going to get players who who test positive, and that was just kind of a, a given. And I don't think why anybody thought it would be safer to come back to school or n- not safer, because I think you know these guys are in such great shape. We're not necessarily thinking about anybody dying or anything right. like that. But I mean, when we're just talking about getting. Yeah, contracting the virus yeah and so i mean it's going to happen and 
you know, I, I think uh, obviously Florida's kind of had just a terrible, unfortunate circumstance right now where a week ago Dan Mullen saying, hey, we want 90,000 in in uh, Ben Hill Griffin because <laughs> A&M had a tremendous uh, home field advantage against us. And then two days later, it's like, oh, well, we're not playing this week because <laughs> half our team has COVID. So, it's I mean, like, that's so you know what we said the other yeah, day? Yeah, <laughs> we're taking that back. Yeah, <laughs> Not really. We were just joking yeah. in the heat of the moment. But, but I thought they had a good point. Because I thought Texas A&M, and, oh. and you know, that kind of went un, I don't want to say it's went under the rug because you mm-hmm. don't know what the SEC office has done about it. Uh, I got a good feeling, but I got, you know, I feel like it's the same thing they do about officiating and other things. But, but anyway, the, I thought they did very much go beyond what was acceptable protocol mm-hmm. uh, for that. And, and that is a dynamic that when you're, when you're geared and you're, because I remember uh, any coach that Tennessee's had, you know, they practice with a lot of noise. They do a lot of things. That dynamic hasn't necessarily had to be a big part of yeah. practice this year, because one, you're just interested in getting enough kids close enough to practice. Mm-hmm. But two, you know, the limited crowds, that's just, you're working more on, on the details more than the crowd noise. So when a team does that, that that's kind of a dynamic. But yeah, Dan Mullins, I thought, got the cart before the horse, or, mm-hmm. or let uh, as as my dad used to say, let his mouth overload his hind end, <laughs> and uh, and that's uh, that's one of those situations where he'd like to have that back. It was a bad look, but ultimately, Florida's just got to worry about getting fifty three guys out there. Yeah. And and I think you know, all jokes aside, I want as a Tennessee fan, a lot of people's like, I hope they don't play. I want to play them. It's in December. Mm-hmm. We've got good history with Tennessee in December and you know anything to break that that hold that hold that Florida Alabama and Georgia seem to have uh, on the Vols but I want them to play I think oh, Kyle I Trask too. and Kyle Pitts I mean they're fun to watch mm-hmm. I think their defense they they bring a certain level there and, and I think ultimately uh, I, I just want to see what they're about yeah. you know I like watching them against Georgia which is I guess is that this week yeah. The whole the whole different the, the, the switch of the schedule yeah. has thrown me off. I have no idea who's playing who. I just know not. Tennessee's on bye week, so I can breathe a little yeah. bit. Like I got stuff to do. Like I'm gonna like mow and all kinds of stuff. It, it's, it's a shame. I, I I hate that this happens to Florida because I, I want to see Florida and Georgia too. I think they're obviously the two best teams in the SEC East. I think that's an an obvious given. I don't think anybody will argue with that. But I more so wanted to see Florida win that game so that they could play Alabama in the SEC championship game because I just wanted to see two. SEC teams who should have good defenses but are not playing good defense. Right. And then just two offenses just score 50 points a game. Right. I would have loved to see that shootout, and I don't know if we're going to get it now. So now I I know they postponed the first week. Mm -hmm. They moved it to that week in between end of season and the SEC championship. What have they done beyond that? I know they had a bye week that they could shift the next game. If they miss another game, what are they going to do? Have you heard anything about what, what what could be a recovery plan? No, and it, this is the thing that I don't understand. Like I a think, Wednesday I, I game. What goes, about that? <laughs> I think it goes to like TWSAA too. Like I, I was talking to somebody when I was at State Volleyball. Like, well, what are you guys going to do about like region standings now? Because like COVID losses technically aren't losses. So how do you kind of add that into the mix of everything? And like for whatever reason, all these organizations, and I'm not saying that they owe it to people to tell everybody the whole shebang, but like they're very hush hush about how they go about this whole standings thing now. And to me, it's like, well, why why can't you just say it? It's that we as fans and as people who cover sports and stuff uh-huh. like that can kind of get a mental kind of picture of like, okay, this is what they need to do, this, that, and the third. But we don't have any of that. 
Mm. And, and I think, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like they're going to be consistent. Yeah. You know, and, and I think different teams have been hit harder than others. I mean, if you look at, like, Greenback, mm-hmm. they've got two wins and two losses from yeah. COVID. So, I mean, I think that dynamic is pretty pretty different. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the unfortunately, the SEC, it's like they're forward about things they shouldn't be forward mm-hmm. about, and then they're, they're kind of hush-hush, like you said, uh, against other things. I think Florida gets to play. Like I was telling you pre 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 show, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those deals. You're you're gonna have positives. Yeah. I mean it. It's kind of like. Um, I mean it's kind of like life, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're gonna roll through there, and I mean at, at my daily job, there's been positive tests. Yeah. We kept making car parts. There's been there's been po- you know contact tracing of sorts. Mm-hmm. But we kept making car parts. We clean. We do different things. We temperature scan. We mask. We wear gloves. The whole nine. But at the, at some rate, it's it's like I can't remember, and and I don't know who they were affiliated with or what have you. But it's like somebody said in the media, it's not about w- wait till COVID's gone. Yeah. COVID's here, yeah. And so it's a matter of living with it and kind of getting through it. And again, mitigating risk. You know, if you're going to be around people that are at risk, you probably need to need to kind of shun yourself from people. But you know, again, it's just it's just knowing what you've put yourself against. And then going with it. Yeah, and, and the SEC is going to find a way for Florida to play. <laughs> if this is Vanderbilt we're talking about, it doesn't matter. Vanderbilt's not going to win an SEC game. But it's Florida. Right. Like They're one of the, the premier contenders in the SEC. Like We're going to find a way to get them their games enough to where they can at least decide whether they get a chance to play in the SEC championship or not. And I think they should do that. You know, talking about making decisions, I think they got to make another decision. And that's whether they're going to find Lane Kiffin again. What about that transition? I mean, they probably what? will. <laughs> I love – like, here's the whole thing. You, you talked about Vandy, and it kind of spun me to to this topic because probably two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago, honestly, the in-between uh, Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin, yeah. no, no, uh, no tarnish to, to Matt Luke. I thought he stepped into a situation to where – he was a placeholder. He yeah. was the Dusty Baker of Southeastern Conference. It was an impossible situation. Yeah. I mean, Just keep it in between the mayonnaise and the mustard, yeah. as they say. But, uh, you know, I think he was he did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. I thought culturally he kind of stabilized some things. But he just couldn't get the big-time recruits. Yeah. And ultimately in Southeastern Conference football, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. But So now they have Lane Kiffin. I think two years ago, if any of this happened, went down at Ole Miss, they're like, oh, sorry about your luck. You don't win that big gold egg thing-looking mm-hmm. thing. But now, <laughs> the, Lane Kiffin's putting up points on everybody. Yeah, can't stop running water. No, but he's he's all about the offense. Uh, and Big Orange, we're just every time we look, it's like we love to hate him because in 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 most people's secretive mind, they're interested. No, I love Lane Kiffin, but it's just I uh, can't can't go there. It's like taboo. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jumanji board. Don't open the box. I always said Tennessee should have hired Lane Kiffin before they hired Jimmy Pruitt. A lot of people did. Yeah. At some point, uh, after uh, after the, uh, the the Greg Schiano debacle, mm-hmm. I'm like anybody. Yeah, I was actually kind of okay with uh, with oh, uh, what's Washington State's guy Mike, Mike Leach. Leach. He's now Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of okay with him. Yeah, I, I, I just thought we of, might. I thought we might lose a bunch of games, but that post game interview would be amazing. Yeah, I mean him and Lane really, yeah. and I mean both of them have tremendous offenses, and I think very innovative offenses as compared to what we see in the SEC. Right. Uh, defensively, they can't they can't stop anybody. <laughs> I, I think Lane's defense is fair a little bit better than Mike Leach's do. Once he gets right. players at Ole Miss, I think their defense will be okay. Right. Oh, absolutely. All, which is all he needs. He just needs an okay defense. He doesn't need some like Stonewall defense. Yeah, I feel like when you score fifty, you can yeah. give up twenty five. Yeah, easily. Fine. It's still easy. It's still easy peasy. Mm-hmm. You know, 
But Lane Kiffin, though, kind of to get get people up to speed on what happened. So after – and the SEC, again, came out and kind of said, you know, maybe they need to look at something, take some time. Mm-hmm. But Lane Kiffin in his postgame was – he was. It was so reminiscent of when he tried to roll on Urban Meyer for a recruiting violation that ended up not being a recruiting mm-hmm. violation. Uh, he just – his tact is a little off. Like, his Twitter tact is, like, on point. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows how to jab just every waking moment. Yeah. But, like, actually live Mike, uh, he needs he needs some help. Well, and I think those post-game press conferences are tough. Like, I don't think there's enough of a cool-down time. Like, th- that's a controversial call. And – as a coach, if I feel like I got robbed, if you took the game away from my guys, like I don't, how much time is enough for him to cool down and not like go off on people? I and mean, it's probably a really good point. I mean, I mean, he could have came out and been like, "Look, he didn't pee on anybody." Yeah, you know, and and so like <laughs> the egg ball. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like for me, it's like, I mean, if he takes twenty minutes and he's still mad, I mean. What do you what do you do? Well, it's an unwinnable situation for a coach. Like if you're mad, you're mad, right. and you're going to say something. And you're you're right. It's a lose lose because you know. I, back if he in doesn't the, say something, all right. Miss fans go crazy. Uh-huh. Like, why aren't you defending the players? Why didn't you say something about that call? Uh-huh. So you're right. It is a lose lose situation. And, and at other schools that I've been a part of, not at Maryville, uh, again, he's all, Coach Hunt's always really good to talk. But mm-hmm. at other schools, you know when it's it's really bad and when the coach is mad. Mm-hmm. You know how you know. Post game, you get an assistant. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden you're getting this guy. He's like, and I'm like, oh, is it that bad? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. So yeah, SEC coaches, like you said, if he doesn't say anything, his players are like, you know, coach doesn't believe in us. Mm-hmm. But then he does, and and again, Lane likes Lane. So once he got rolling, that ball just quickly got down the hill. But uh, y- you know, he kind of let him kind of let himself get away a little bit. Then he gets fined. Then his math's not exactly right on on mm-hmm. social media, and the SEC kind of cleans him up on that one. And uh, and then he co- he makes another quote that uh, glad you took the time to look at it. And I thought that was just that was precision dig yeah. uh, that I've that that's why he's great. He's a tremendous social media troll. I mean, he's just so good. He's is so it, good. Is it bad that he he likes to troll Knoxville too though? I mean, his son is named Knox. I feel like, though, he's he's always positive towards Tennessee. Yeah, I've, he is. I've never heard him, like, dig at Tennessee. I mean, I think some of it may be, be sarcastic in a sense. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, he's not like Steve Spurrier did. Yeah, I, I think there's a small part of Lane's heart that wishes he was still here. I really do. But for me, I... I, I think post the divorce, he really does. Yeah. And, I mean, he <laughs> talks a lot about everybody. I mean, I think the stuff with him and Saban is hilarious do you all think, the time. Do you think he's kind of... And, again, anybody... I'll take any comments you have. I, I'm not going to lie. 865-983-4310. But is he the new age Steve Spurrier? Yes. No, he is. I mean, I think that's a fairly decent very, com- comment because Steve Spurrier, if you were at Florida, it was Free Shoes University. Mm-hmm. It was it was blah, 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 Bobby Bowden. It was, it was oh, I'm glad they did that. I'm surprised they did that on that campus, da, 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 da. He goes to South Carolina, and all of a sudden Clemson becomes public enemy number yeah. one and Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee's always been always been. He just hates Tennessee. Do you know he grew up in in my hometown? Yeah, Newport. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Newport. His father was a preacher. I still think that's an inside job that got him to Science Hill. He could have been in Knox or in Newport, being a being a fighting cock, but that didn't work out. Like quarterback at Science Hill, did he not? Yeah, he did. Yeah. The field's named after him. Yeah, or the the complex. I don't know. Is it the field or the complex? I think, I think it may it's be the, the field. field. Yeah. It's a pretty nice place. It's a nice though. place. Yeah. Anytime ETSU like oh, while their stadium's being built, they play at their your place. Uh-huh. It's always nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Lane Kiffin kind of could be the new H. Steve Spurrier. 
Cool. It gives me another reason not to like it. And I'm I'm okay with that. I, I like the entertainment value. I don't like like and I think it, that's why he's such a successful recruiter. I think obviously, you know, there are other mm. reasons for that too, but I think every coach has those exact same reasons. Um, right. Uh, but um, you know, I think he I think he placates himself to kids better than any coach does because he's constantly in the spotlight and I think kids find him funny. And why wouldn't you want to go play for a guy like that? <laughs> I think that's better than playing for the the hard-nosed jerk who just loves football, breathes football 24-7, you know? Like, I want to I want to have a coach who... Is that Saban? <laughs> Saban's on Aflac commercials. I mean, I think he's softened up a bit. He said, I, you know I can't play favorites. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think Saban's lo- loosened up a bit. I don't know if the SEC really has any of those guys anymore. No, I, I'm trying to think of, like, who Pruitt is... might be the closest to that. Pruitt is honest. a throwback. Yeah. Pruitt is a throwback. Good transition, Troy. As uh, as I'll always from this point forward separate Lane Kiffin from Tennessee, we'll do it here on this show. We'll take a break. <laughs> We're going to take a break, listen to these great sponsors. But when we come back, I'm going to pick br- Troy's brain on on uh, on Pruitt's comments of the program's farther ahead than it, than it was when he got here, why he wants to be here, and the fact that he says the gap's closing. We'll Damn. talk about it. Is it? Maybe not. No. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. We'll be right back. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, 
individual and business tax returns. Compilation Review and Assurance Services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Troy Provo Heron as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Troy, uh, this is not the only time uh, you, you kind of light up the WKVL airwaves. Yeah. Uh, you're also a Saturday morning mm-hmm. or Saturday midday uh, attendee. Uh, I guess you're you got your own little segment. Oh, regular, there. yeah. I do the Player of the Week segment over at the sports page every Saturday morning at Blue Tick Tavern. Their um, food's a lot better than mine. I guarantee it. Yeah, it is good food. You just have to have food to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great show. I, I really enjoy, you know, I'm, to go back, going back to the first segment, just kind of getting kids from this community, getting to talk to them about their mm-hmm. performances on a weekend, week-out basis is really cool to me. So I really appreciate the, uh, you know, everything that Charlie Paleo, Donnie Moore, Mike Edwards have done to allow me to be a part of their show. I, I can't thank them enough for that. I near, I was like that close one time uh, to be, you ever seen the movie The Replacements? I'm like those yeah. guys. I'm like those guys <laughs> because I, uh, because I. What happened was is it was before it was pre-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, but Ch- Charlie's been on this show. Uh, Lon Hershburn's been on this show, yeah. uh, but there was an opportunity. I don't know if it was vacation or what have you, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of absences, and they were like, you know. Uh, okay, the former station manager here, they called him and said, hey, we're thinking about maybe not doing a show. And, and okay was like, hey, you could, uh, you know, Wayne's available. You know, he, he'd be interested. He's in town. And uh, so anyway, we kind of we kind of talked back and forth, and then they canceled the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it personal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just, I thought it was funny. I was like, because honestly, from afar, I watch it on, on Facebook Live mm-hmm. each and every weekend. Uh, I catch a lot of the things. And again, Lon Hersbrin, just the connection he's had with with Coach Tony Iruly, yeah. uh, with my my buddy Robert Boone, and and all those pieces. Being able to talk to him, we we talked for nearly two hours mm-hmm. here on an hour show, so uh, overtime was in play. Yeah, but uh, just just the history that's on that show, the fact that they've been doing it for so, so long, long, it's just a really, I mean, it's a neat thing because like like they say, the best in Blunt County sports, mm-hmm. they expose it. I mean, they have the soccer players, they have volleyball players, they have everything. And yeah. and again, the player of the week, the the community involvement from the sponsor side of things, it's just a, it's something that you you kind of hope to be one day. Yeah. And honestly, uh, I just hope that uh, that I'm just glad they're on this station because again, it gives me a, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, we we know we spent a lot of the last segment talking about COVID. I mean, there was a, a good portion of our summer where we were talking about not having the show this year because you know how do you make all that work? Can athletes come on and and be safe and without them, you know, without us risking their mm. high school season stuff like that? And um, you know. We, we have done a very good job of being as safe and as cautious mm. and uh, you know you, you, I saw the clear yeah we have the plexiglasses and we sanitize literally every microphone between every segment um, 
you know, we've tried to do it as best we can. And, and again, going back to the sponsors and stuff mm. like that, thank you to them for, you know, allowing us to be able to do that. And so, so again, just a little shout out for, uh, for the, the sports page. Again, if you, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out on this station on Saturdays at 10 to noon, right? Yes. 10 to noon. So and I know che- Charlie's listening right now, so he'll appreciate that too. Hey, good call. Charlie. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, again, uh, apologize for Boone's comment when you called in again, long story, Troy, I'll, I'll fill you in. But, uh, but, uh, you know, we talked about Pruitt. And, and we've talked about the Vols. And, and you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek, mm-hmm. you know, I think Tennessee fans, you know, we're going to win the bye week. That that whole commentary is going around. But really, uh, it comes down to here's the, here's the tale of the tape. Yeah. You lose big to Georgia. You lose big to Alabama. And probably the unpardonable sin, you lost to Kentucky. Yeah. And, and so the, sh- the ground is shaky. Yeah. I mean, we got – you know, somebody told me we got 40 years of thumping on that mm-hmm. one. And that's legitimate. First time they won in Knoxville since 84. Uh, you know, all that dynamic. But the the real deal is I think it's the third time in the last 10 years they beat us. Yeah. That, that's a dynamic you don't want to remember. But um, the questions come up. You know, uh, previ- previous to the Georgia game, we're part of an eight-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt's right in the ship. You know, people are picking us against Georgia. And then all of a sudden, second half comes and the, the wheels come off a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, things come un, undone against Georgia. The next week, we don't recover well. I, I said on this show, I think Georgia beat us twice, qu- quite frankly. Yes, I don't I think agree. Kentucky beat us. I think we were just so in disarray based on the second half fallout that we just got beat again. And then, of course, ultimately, uh, just didn't look good against Alabama. Not a lot of people are going to look good against Alabama. I thought Eric Gray, Mm -hmm. that offensive line rebounded pretty nice, but still shaky quarterback play, still the unwillingness to to play uh, Harrison Bailey. That's the the fan-driven response, Mm -hmm. which I'll always say the the fan favorite or the, 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 the one everybody wants is the one holding the clipboard. It's not the one in, Mm -hmm. just all the time. So, I don't see that as a dynamic, but I guess my my the whole pregame to lead to this conversation is one, where's Jeremy Pruitt at? Like, yeah. where's he, he at as far as his positioning at Tennessee? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, he says we're closing the gap. What's your take on that? Well, I don't I don't see how you could think that they're closing the gap at this point. And I, and you mentioned you think Georgia beat them twice. I think you could argue that Georgia beat them three plus times. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when you when everybody's picking you, and I was one of the people, you know, I didn't like Georgia's quarterback situation. I thought, you know, JG seems to be taking care of the ball, and Tennessee seems to be pretty talented this year. And if they can beat Georgia, obviously that changes a lot of things. When you have a second half like you did, not only does it, not only do you lose to Georgia, not only do you then, you know, maybe come out a little flat against Kentucky. I think you also get, and we don't, and I don't think people talk about the mental side of football enough. You also get that thought in your mind of. We can't beat these good teams. And well, they can't beat – and they haven't beaten Georgia in how long since, you know, Juwan's right. Hail Mary. Uh, haven't beaten Alabama in how long. And, I mean, they've beaten Florida so once in how long. Right. I think that there is that mental aspect of it to where you're looking at the three teams who you want to be. Those mm-hmm. are, that's the upper echelon of the SEC. Um, LSU I'd put in there before this year. They've obviously <laughs> fallen off a bit. But th- that's the upper echelon of the SEC, and you want to get there. And when you have a second half like that, I think you – I think you realize then how maybe far away you are from that upper echelon, and you ask, you're bridging the gap. I, I think you need to win those games, or at least compete in those games, to say that you're bridging the gap. And I haven't well, seen it. And I think departmentally, maybe he is closing some gaps. Like, I think this offensive line is well mm-hmm. ahead of what he inherited. 
I think straight top fifteen classes. You know, I think I, I I think running back is probably better than he inherited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think wide receiver probably on par with what he what he yeah. inherited. Uh, and, and again, some could argue that you know Jawan and, and Marquez, but I I think the youth with the production that they're putting out, Jalen Hyatt, I think Palmer is is a stud. Mm-hmm. I think it's just different looking talent, but I think it's the same caliber, if you will. Uh, defensively, uh, obviously, I think we're stopping more than la- the last Butch's team. I mean, obviously, that's why he mm-hmm. got fired. But but ultimately, when you, you say closing the gap, there's only one category that people are interested in. It's wins. Wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Wins and losses. And he's not necessarily closed that gap. And And a lot of people brought up, I swear it was Monday morning, guy at work, boom, turns the phone to my face, and it says, Derek Dooley, six losses by 21-plus points. Butch Jones, six losses, 21-plus mm-hmm. points. Jeremy Pruitt, 12 by 21-plus yep. points. And I'm like, here's the deal. And, again, orange goggles went off the table, mm-hmm. on the face. I said, you know why? And, and this was off the cuff, maybe out of the heart, but I said – People are doing that to Jeremy Pruitt because they're nervous, mm-hmm. and that's completely fan-driven. But uh, they're doing that because they know he's building a little something-something, and I'm not saying they better get it while they can get it because Jeremy's going to have his turned around. I'm saying Jeremy doesn't quit. Mm-hmm. Butch teams quit. Dooley's team quit. The The game that I gave up on Derek Dooley's coaching ability, Missouri in yeah. Knoxville, mm-hmm. a minute and 20-something seconds to go. We've got Tyler Bray, Justin Hunter, Cordero Patterson, mm-hmm. and he takes a knee three times and goes to overtime and loses. Yeah, That's when I lost confidence in him. Jeremy Pruitt on his own five-yard line, down seven points, under a minute to go, fourth down, let's roll. He's going to go for it. I mean, against Alabama, what did he go for it, three times on fourth down? Yeah. Butch Jones would have looked at the chart and never turned away. He would have kicked the – he would have punted. And, and so – there's a little bit of putting yourself in mm-hmm. short fields. Uh, there's a little bit of, uh, you, you know, pushing the envelope and, and really rattling the cage. Mm-hmm. You know, you score on Alabama late. Well, of course they're going to tack a couple mm-hmm. more on. They're going to show you who they are. But I'll say this. Jeremy Pruitt's got some thinking to do. Yeah. I think, uh, like I told you off the air, and I'll say it on the air because it's my opinion. <laughs> uh, but uh, – my thinking is it's going to be hard to recover from a loss to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to do a lot, whether it's beating Florida, Georgia, you know, upsetting the apple cart and beating Alabama, winning an SEC championship, or even an East crown at this point. But he's going to have to do a lot to overcome that. I think that starts, and, and we may disagree here, with letting some coaches coach. There's, in my mind, Jim Chaney's not this bad. Mm-hmm. He's got talent enough to be good. What's your take on that? I, I think there's a lot. I want to unpack a lot of what you just said there uh, because I think there's a lot to this team right now, yeah. right? I mean, I think, number one, I, I look at first 30 games of their head coaching careers. Jeremy Pruitt's 15-15. and 15, Butch Jones is 14-16. and 16, And obviously, Butch went on to win, I think, the last six games of that year. So it ended up being a pretty good record after that. And so we'll, I don't know if Pruitt does that. I think I think he could. I, I think, think he, he could. could. Yeah. I think A and M in Florida is kind of the ones you're, you're like a toss up, and probably mm-hmm. sixty forty to a loss. Yeah, but they're better than Auburn. I think the rest of them's pretty good. Yeah, 
And so for me, it's like, and I'm, I'm, I went to Tennessee. I like Tennessee, but I'm not a Tennessee fan. I grew up in Miami. I'm a Hurricanes fan through, Hurricane through fan? and through. Yeah. You like the night shift Hurricane I jerseys? Do. Yeah, they're fire. Total, yes. total. <laughs> they're beautiful. Um, so for me, I, I, I do get it from a perspective of I've covered this team for eight years, but I'm also not. I don't have those orange glasses. That's good. As you said. It's probably good. Um, and so for me, I look at it as even simpler than I think the coaching thing because I think there were some – some things also in that Alabama game where you, you scratch your head coaching-wise, the three straight runs, and then you punt the ball, you kick the field goal against it. Like, you know you need touchdowns against Alabama to beat them. You can't settle for a field goal there. Um, but for me, it's as simple as Derek Dooley had Tyler Breck. Butch Jones had Josh Dobbs. Both of those quarterbacks exceptionally capable of not only winning you a game, but even against good teams, keeping you in a game. Oh, yeah, they're not going to beat you. Yeah, that's a good point. Jared Quintana is not that guy. He's not, and 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 I don't like to put it all on one player. But I am I'm a firm believer that in college football, and really even in the NFL, and at really any level of football nowadays, with the way kind of spread offenses have taken over and the way things go, you can't win without a quarterback. Mm. And I think there are a lot of coaches, and I think Derek Hunt would tell you, you can't win without a quarterback. Right. Um, and Tennessee doesn't have one. And so, and and we're not so, starting one. I, we don't know. Yeah, and well, I mean, I would like to think that if Harrison Bailey was one, you'd play him. Well, they said they said JG's not throwing interceptions in in practice. I mean, yeah, but I'm he's like, I don't know if that's him in games. Well, I'm like, I don't know if that's uh, bad against him or bad, bad against, against the defense. The defense. Yeah. like if if he's throwing up those softballs, why can't you? I mean, you can't him? you can't make those two throws against Kentucky. No. You just can't, and, and expect to win a game. No. And so for me, those two coaches previous to Jeremy Pruitt had quarterbacks that allowed them to be successful mm. to a certain extent. Obviously, they didn't have, you know, a whole bunch of success, but they had some success. And until Pruitt finds a guy, he's not going to find that. And my thing with Pruitt is, I think everybody in Knoxville knows this. Where's the, like, where's the recruitment of quarterbacks? Why have you allowed this guy to play three years? And they've, well, see, they've brought in one quarterback, Harrison Bailey. There's no grad transfer that you can bring in to compete with Jarrett. Um, you know, Indiana just gets a big upset win over Penn State. Right. Michael Penix Jr. was committed to Tennessee. I'm not saying he played right. lights out in that game, but he made one individual play that I haven't seen Jarrett Gantano make his entire career. Like, that was a Michael Penix decision that I'm going to go win this football game. Well, and, and Tennessee doesn't have that guy under center. I feel like if you could merge uh, Jared Garantano and, and Brian Maurer and a really big helmet, mm-hmm. uh, he would. Uh, you know, they would be that. That would be one really good quarterback because Brian Maurer is a gunslinger. Yeah, gotta love how he plays, but he's a little fragile. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's not his. That's not personality. He's got flaw. more concussions than he can count. Yeah. <laughs> Before or after, yeah. But uh, uh, you know he's a tough dude, but his his body's not holding mm-hmm. up. Like, and they've 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 even given him the Wes Welker helmet, and it still doesn't help. So that's just you know he's rock'em sock'em robots. He's one hit away from his head popping up. But Jared Garantano, mm-hmm. he's got the physical tools, runs for first downs, does some different things. But it you know one part of being a really top notch quarterback mm-hmm. because he, again Garantano may be really good somewhere. Yeah, at some level of football. His athleticism will win games. The problem is in the SEC, you're not talking about a game of inches. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a game of millimeters. You're yeah. talking about a game of fractions. I mean, it's just it's a half second where he's holding the ball too long, he throws a pick. It's it's lofting it too much, and the DB runs beyond it. it it's all the dynamics that he can't be perfect ever. Mm-hmm. And so at that rate, love him, whatever – give him an opportunity to clear out and go somewhere else. Again, COVID year is going to give him another yeah. year of eligibility. But to me, we're going to tell a lot because Jeremy Pruitt's kind of danced with his term of how big a leash 
you know, Garantano has. Mm-hmm. We're going to know coming out of the bye week what that looks like. Yeah, and to me, I feel like the biggest indictment of Tennessee's quarterback situation isn't Jake Garantano. He's played 40-something games sometimes. Right. There's no substitute for experience. Right. For me, it's JT Shrout being the backup and that throw he made against Kentucky. <laughs> I think you have to say that there's some level indictment of, you know, evaluating quarterbacks when you see a guy who throws that ball in a game and you think, why is that guy the backup? Because I could have made that throw. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. It was, it was tough. Yeah. Time has come to an end. As, <laughs> as we hit the top of the hour, we're going to hit back to the Sports Map Radio Network. But, again, thanks to Troy Provo Heron. Again, check out your Daily Times. He's the sports editor. Like it? You should. But, uh, again, thanks for coming in. We'll do it again next week. You're listening to The Grind.